Well, he's an explorer, an educator, co-producer of an Emmy Award-winning documentary. He holds three world records for endurance bicycling, and he's a best-selling author who started the Blue Zones after traveling the world for National Geographic magazine to find out where people live the longest and the healthiest lives. And that's why we dig this guy, because what he found is encouraging news for everybody. The people who live in these Blue Zones, these pockets of longevity, they don't share like a specific diet or one particular kind of exercise, but they all live active social lives and includes moderation in what they eat and drink. In other words, it's something you can do too. Let's find out more about it by welcoming Dan Butner. How are you, Dan? I've never been better. You know, Great you're like to be with you. You are like the good news man all of a sudden, <laughs> aren't you? People want to get you on because you do. You shine that light of hope out there that that maybe all of us have a chance to live a long, fulfilling life. Well, you know, the the average maximum life expectancy of Americans, or the longest the average American can live, is about ninety two, but our life expectancy is only about seventy nine. So somewhere we're leaving a dozen years on the table. And uh, what we've done is studying those populations that are actually make, most people are making it to that healthy age 90. Well, you know, Dan, this is the third or fourth time we've had you on this program. But first of all, thanks for sticking with us. We thought maybe you'd gotten too big to talk to us. So, uh, never, never, never. We greatly appreciate that. Uh, uh, and for those listeners of ours who have not yet understood what the blue zones are, the five blue zones, geographic areas of longevity, where are they? Sardinia, Italy, up in the highlands, more 100-year-old men in the world than anyplace else. Uh, Okinawa, Japan, longest-lived women. Uh, the Nicoya Peninsula of Costa Rica. Uh, in America here, it's among the Seventh-day Adventists in and around Loma Linda, California. They live about 10 years longer than the rest of us. And then the island of Ikaria, Greece, which is a place where people are not only living about eight more good years, but they they somehow are eluding dementia. Hmm. Uh, very few people ever suffer, uh, get old and suffer from Alzheimer's or other forms of dementia, about a fifth the rate we have here in America. That's incredible. You know, uh, Mark mentioned how, you know, we hope you're not getting too big for our show, but there's a lot of truth to that. Since you came out with this, people are fascinated by what you've discovered and what you've learned, and it's kind of funny how life reveals itself. And it will transform your life if you let it, because you became interested in the Blue Zones. You were just, what, riding your bike? <laughs> well, I, when I came, went out of college, uh, I, I uh, biked from Alaska to Argentina, around the world, and across Africa. But those rides as a young man got me into uh, National Geographic, and, and uh, I've been uh, working for them, and there was about a decade between the bike rides and the Blue Zone assignment uh, that I covered more scientific topics for them. Uh, but you know what's really neat? The big epiphany when it comes to longevity is that none of these spry centenarians ever really tried to live to be 100. They never said, well, I'm going to get on the Blue Zone diet when they're 50 years old. Uh, what happened in every case was that longevity uh, really happened to them as opposed to them trying to pursue it. It ensued from living in the right environment. So what, what I've been doing uh, since the book came out is, is um, uh, working with whole cities to make blue zones out of them. In fact, today I'm in Fort Worth, Texas, where this whole city is going to try to become a blue zone, not by trying to hound individuals to change their diet or exercise program, but really by changing the city so the active and the healthy options are the easy options. 
Hmm. And, you know, uh, Dan, I, I think most of us know now, uh, whether everybody believes it or not, that longevity is is 75 percent or so lifestyle and only 25 percent in our genes. And, and for many people, uh, it, it seems like it's easier for them to believe that genes will doom them to inactivity and poor health. I mean, the fact that lifestyle is the major component bears with it a certain responsibility to get off the couch. And from our experience, not everyone is enthusiastic about that prospect. A lot of people are happy just to sit back and let life pass them by. Well, it's lifestyle. That's how you're right about that statistic, but it's, it's lifestyle and environment. So instead of necessarily hounding people to get off the couch, I would tell them to, to plant the garden because you put that in and you put the seeds in at the beginning of the season. And then you think, mm, well, those tomatoes are growing. I better get out and water them. Mm. I better get out and weed the garden. Uh, make sure that you have a pair of comfortable shoes. So in case the urge overcomes you to walk to the store instead of driving, that you have a comfortable, um, comfortable shoes to do it in. And then really thinking about who your social network is. Because, of course, if all your friends are couch dwellers, that's probably what you're going to do when you, when you socialize with them. But if your friends you know, are bike riders or golfers or bowlers, um, that's what you're going to naturally do when you're with them. So it's setting up kind of the mindless little nudges in your life that make the active option the easy option as opposed to always having to remember to do something you don't really like to do. And just so people don't misunderstand, Dan, you, you feel that it's not necessarily the geographic location that resulted in the longevity. It's more about the lifestyle. It's more about the things they eat or the things they're forced to do rather than, you know, watch TV and eat uh, potato chips. Yeah, so I'll give you a good example here in America. Um, San Luis Obispo, which I covered in my book Thrive, uh, that has the lowest obesity rates and the lowest rates of smoking uh, in the country. Now, is that because everybody has gotten on a, gotten on a diet program and a non-smoking program? No. They live in a place where the ordinances make it inconvenient to smoke. Uh, they live in a place where the local municipal laws make it sure that if you want to bike someplace, there's a bike lane, uh, and that um, uh, sprawl is kind of limited so that you can stand any place in town and see a place where you could hike and it would be beautiful. So it's not just traffic and endless suburbs, which aren't always nice to you know, walk in. So um, my point is that I think the big opportunity America has to turn around this obesity epidemic is really start thinking about how we engineer our personal environments and our cityscapes. Well, it's a great project, uh, and it's going to be interesting to see what other projects uh, you, you have uh, on the burner moving forward. But before we, we get off the blue zones themselves, uh, you know, it, it seems like as a culture, you know, the world now almost destroys things that we initially revere. Are you concerned at all now that there is all this attention focused on these blue zones that people, uh, you know, rather than us learning from them that our lifestyle will, in fact, encroach upon theirs and, and that they will no longer be the blue zones tomorrow that they are today? Yes, I do. I do worry about it. Uh, in each, in every case, these blue zones are disappearing phenomena. And as the American food culture and and development uh, washes over these places, they lose the the lifestyle and the environment that yielded longevity. And um, but I think uh, I think what's important is is I was able to capture it. I was able to capture that. Uh, 
um, the environments and, and the uh, facets of a blue zone, and the opportunity lies in recreating them in America. And uh, we, we recreated a blue zone in Los Angeles uh, in uh, the beach cities down there, the health district, and uh, we were able to lower the population, uh, lower the obesity rate of an entire city by almost 15 percent by just recreating what those blue zones, the the environments those blue zones have had in place for hundreds of years. Look what look what you've done, Dan. One guy making a big difference in the world. In the last 15, 20 seconds we have, can you leave us with a takeaway? I mean, the what's the most powerful lesson we can learn? The most powerful lesson is to write down your five best friends and think about how they influence your health behaviors. Uh, do they make you feel happy when you're around them? Do they make you feel lonely? Uh, do they make you want to go eat junk or they want to make you feel like, make you want to get out and move? And realizing who those friends are, if they all have negative uh, influences, I would say go out and augment your social network. Well, thanks a lot, Dan, as Mark just crossed me off his list. Well, listen, you are one of the era's most interesting characters. You're not only exploring oh, the world, you you're exploring how we all can not only live longer, but better. Dan, you're amazing. You've got a fabulous Facebook page, folks. Check out and like Blue Zones, and then check his website at bluezones.com. Extend your life as long as you can. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Dan.